0: Right, welcome back to Maloney and 4 and Nick Fitzy stevens joining us here on a Friday and it's 4 o'clock on a Friday, which means our conversation with Mike Lombardi uh, is sponsored by Zooty. You can build any app your company needs in one week and visit Zooty.com for details, Infinium Spirits, Templeton Rye, Whiskey for the Strong Spirited, and by Town Fair Tire, nobody beats Town Fair Tire, nobody. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Mike Lombardi. Mike, how you doing? It's Lou, Christian, and All Fitzy. Right.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you guys doing?
0: We are doing good. good. We were just talking about the chaos that surrounded Antonio Brown last week, and I'm just we might as well just start there because we were just talking about it. But <laughs> um, just your thoughts on it. Do you think this guy ever plays in the league again?
1: You know, I, I thought it was a desperate cry for help. I, I don't see it as any other way. I mean, he's now turning on Tom Brady. He turned on Alec. I mean, it, to me, this is a guy who demonstrated that he, he's asking for help with his behavior last week. And I think that's really the the most important part of this is forget about football. We need to get him some help. And I think that's really what I saw. And I think I continue to see that going through. I mean, since he's been in Tampa, he's been uh, behaved and he's been good for, you know, what, you know, under Tom and all that, but something happened, something got triggered and I don't know what it is. And I think that, you know, it's got to get fixed.
2: Mike, you know what? I know a lot of people like are showing a lot of compassion with him. He's got to get help. He's got to get help. Why can't it just be that he's a jerk and he's never gonna change? And any type of therapy isn't gonna change him. Like, like you've you've been around diva wide receivers before, right? Like, maybe not to this level, but like there was no mental health issue. There was no I hope you get help. Like there was just like this guy's a jerk. Like get out of my life. Like can't that be the reason that he's He's the way he
1: is? Well, I mean, it could be if you knew all the medical behind it. Do you think, is he taking something for bipolar? I mean, I don't know that. You don't know that. I mean, if he is, and he didn't. No, I don't, but I'll tell you this.
2: like, If he, if he ends I mean, up you know, testing, uh, doing some uh, sort of psychological you're, you're evaluation, going, I'll say I'm sorry. Yeah, I think people just are they are the they're unwilling to call him just going, an
1: ass. Uh, Well, I I mean, look, his behavior was asked, like, but there's a responsibility. I mean, he's got two personalities. He's schizophrenic. He hasn't been this Antonio Brown for two years, and now he's turned back into it. And oftentimes through my career, uh, I've seen guys who have this bipolar problem, okay, and I'm not a doctor by no means, but I've seen this, and when they don't take their medicine, they become a problem. And so for me, I don't know the medical. I'm not privy to it. Some circumstances, because what you can't deny is the fact that for the last two years and 16,
3: 15 games, he actually was a
1: pretty good guy.
3: So, Mike, Sunday, the Patriots make their way down to their late season house of horrors, Miami Gardens Mm -hmm. for the season finale against a team that beat him earlier in the season the season debut Uh, most would argue the Patriots should have won that game if it weren't for the fumble with Damian Harrison three minutes left in the game now the Pats already have their playoff spot Miami's playing for pride or just basically for Flores to try and flex on Belichick again Uh, how would you expect the Patriots to approach this game knowing the difficulties that they've had down there and knowing what lay ahead with the playoffs just a week away I think the
1: Patriots will take the approach that it's about us. I think they're going to go down there and try to play, and 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 play their best football to prepare themselves for the next game, and and try to do that in a fashion to where that sets the tempo to get into the rhythm to build this to build a win streak if they can towards where they are, and really kind of get their execution and prepare themselves for the next round. I, I think that's going to be their approach. I mean, they 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 have to take the mindset that they can only control themselves. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. I, I don't think they're going to back off. I think that they know they need the reps. I think what we learned after the bye week uh, and their play in, in, in Indianapolis and then it continued on in the Buffalo is they need reps. They need to keep practicing, keep going. And I think that's going to be the remedy.
0: Mike, can you explain the struggles this team has had down in Miami in December and January?
1: I can't. I really can't. It's hard. You know, we I mean, we went down there in 2014, opening day. I think we had like a 21-3 to lead at halftime and lost that game. And then, you know, we went down there with a, you know, probably in 15, we win another Super Bowl if we win that game down there because uh, we would have gotten Peyton Manning at home, you know, instead of having to go out to Peyton Manning and play that game out there. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to explain. I mean, that year we were devoid of running backs. Our offensive line was beat up. There was always injuries going down there. But, you know, the execution hasn't been very good down there. And I think the execution in the the opening game wasn't very good. And the fumbles cost them the game and their inability to really get control of, of that short passing game that Miami likes to operate with and not get the ball back after the fumble. You know, the fumble hurt them, but not getting the ball back hurt as much.
2: Hey, Mike, do you think, like to use your, your, your phrase you use a lot, is like playing left-handed, right? Do you think that this Patriot offense has offensive flexibility? So, if, like if somebody takes away what they do best, they could, you know, play with their left hand and still be successful?
1: I think they could. I, I mean, if somebody's going to ask, dare them. In, I mean, look, Tampa Bay did it. Tampa Bay, what they average, they have one yard in a game, one under rushing. You know, and they're they're really, a, you know, a third, a fourth and two long field goal miss from winning that game. So, you know, they they played left-handed against Tampa and had a chance to win that. So, yeah, I think if teams are going to say, we're going to take away your run game, you know, one thing about the Patriots, you're never really going to discourage, they're never going to get into a 60-pass game because they have a rookie quarterback. But th- they also know that there's going to be times where he's going to have to wing it 40 times. And, you know, in Miami or wherever they go on the road, weather's going to be a factor. They've got to handle it.
3: Okay, so, Mike, if you had to take a guess and whether how the Patriots play on Sunday could or could not affect who where they end up uh, and, and who they end up playing in the on Super Wild Card Weekend. But if you had to take a guess, who do you think Bill would prefer to play Wild Card Weekend?
1: Oh, that's a, Well, I mean, obviously he knows Buffalo. So, you know, knowing a team is – is the most important factor in playing the team, right? You know, if you don't, you haven't played the Bengals all year. I mean, the one thing you do, you've been to Buffalo. You know the routine in Buffalo. You know Buffalo's players. You know how they play you. You know how they adjust to you. That that's probably the easier game for you to play. So familiarity is really the most the the, the most beneficial tool you can use come playoff time.
0: You know, Mike, I'm talking to Mike Lombardi. Mike, we're talking about these playoff teams, and I go back to last year's Final Four and look at all the playmakers on the field. And when you look at the potential teams in the playoffs, is, is that really the missing piece for the New England Patriots, like the lack of explosive offensive players when you look at some of these other teams?
1: You know, I think all the teams are pretty even in the playoffs. I mean, you know, I mean, look, I know there's the great chase in Cincinnati, but they have liability with their defense. I mean, Devontae Adams is a tremendous player for Green Bay, but their special teams are horrible. I, I don't see it as teams – I don't see a separation of the 14 teams. I really don't. I'll say this to you. If, if New Orleans beats Atlanta and the Rams are the two seed, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the New Orleans went out there with no quarterback – and a great defense, and beat the Rams. I mean, I think that's how close it is. I wouldn't be surprised if if Indianapolis went into Kansas City and beat them. I think that's how close the league is. I think that's how – this is the one year that I've seen in my career where I don't see a dominant team. I see a lot of good teams, and I think in single-limit nation tournament, you don't have to be the best team. You have to be the best team that day. And I think that's the case. I I don't see this as – there's a separation between these teams are great skill and these teams are not. I don't even know what team you're talking about when you ask that.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there, right? I mean, you would, it's obvious that Kansas city's got more skilled players offensively offensively than you do. Right.
1: Well, I mean, they have Kelsey, they have Kelsey and Hill and Hill hasn't made a play in seven weeks. I mean, Hill's disappeared. I mean, it's a concern for Kansas city. You know, he, his numbers have not been good the second half of the season. And I think he's one of the best receivers in football, and I think he does some real he, – he creates mismatch problems for most defense coordinators. But he hasn't been an explosive player for them during the second half of the season.
3: Yeah, and they have trouble running the ball, especially when Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out, and he's been banged up recently too. Um, Mike, I kind of wanted to – just away from the Pats for a second, I wanted to ask you about the Hub Hub, however you pronounce it, Arkush, the Hub. AP – Yeah, Hub, okay, Hub Arkush, the AP reporter – uh, who said that he wouldn't vote for rogers uh, as mVp because he's a he's a bad guy and called him the biggest jerk in the league and then rogers fired back saying that you know he'd only be uh, he's he would only be voted for if he was the most valuable vaccinated player in the league what do you, what do you what do you think about that whole mess uh, and all that vaccine related controversy
1: you know I, I i think it's i thought it was really good it, good in this sense that I think that there's a lot of this, malcontent with writers towards players that affects voting. I think you see it way more in the hall of fame. I think you see it way more in the hall of fame. And I'm working on a book about the hall of fame and I'm working on a book about the chapter on, on who's in the hall and who's not. I mean, we're going to put Dick Vermeil in the Hall of Fame this year with one Super Bowl win and one appearance and a 53 percent winning percentage, and yet we're not going to put Mike Holmgren in the in, in, Mike Holmgren or Mike Shanahan in, who are clearly have more Super Bowl wins, uh, have more Super Bowl appearances, wins as assistant coaches and head coaches, and also, you, you know, have had better winning percentages. It's just the 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 whole thing is broken, and I think what Hub exposed was how broken it really is. It becomes a popularity contest. It becomes who can who can argue with the most political capital, Uh, you know. And and then they pay no respect, zero respect to the prior game, the fifties and the sixty and the early sixties. You know, Buddy Parker can't get into the Hall of Fame now. When they run a two minute drill this weekend, thank Buddy Parker because he invented the two minute drill. When Brady gives hand signals or Mac Jones gives hand signals, thank Buddy Parker because he invented that. But he can't even get a sniff, and he won, he won two titles against the greatest coach in Paul Brown. So what I think Hub did was really make it aware to the average fan about how much bias is really in this voting.
0: All right, well, Mike, listen, man, we appreciate the time. Looking forward to talking to you next week. We'll find out exactly who the Thanks, New England guys. Patriots play and where. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, Thanks, Mike, Mike Lombardi.